and a lot of veteran entrepreneurs will say, oh yeah, I'm just better than everybody. I offer quality work at a cheaper price. <laughs> That's what everybody says. I, you look on, if you look at all your competition's websites or marketing materials, it's, it's, it's quality work and low price. This is Built By You, a podcast by Jobber, where business owners share how they stay focused when entrepreneurship gets real. I'm Nick Keiko, and today I'm talking to serial entrepreneur Graham Odenart, owner of three businesses, Quality Student Painters, Painters Enterprise, and PE4 Coatings, all based in Edmonton, Alberta, with branches in two other cities. If that sounds like a lot, it is. Graham went from student painter to owner of a student painting business, then he opened Painters Enterprise shortly after so he could win more commercial contracts. And if that wasn't enough to juggle, few years ago, Graham takes a dirt biking trip to Las Vegas, a sharp looking shop floor catches his eye, and what does he do? He starts PE floor coatings when he comes back to Edmonton. Like I said, serial entrepreneur. Fun fact, Graham was also Jobber's first customer and is still a customer today. Now Graham has almost 20 years of experience with many successes and scars to reflect on. Today on Built By You, meet Graham Odenart. Essentially, you've been an entrepreneur for almost 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's been like 17, close to 18 years now. So, so three businesses over 20 years, how tied into you and who Graham is, is being an entrepreneur. I was planning on being a, an accountant and my whole plan that I had at that time was go to school, go out and work for about five years and then go and start my own firm. Cause I knew I knew right from the get-go that I didn't want to be an employee for very long. And then it was my last year of university that the student company that I was working for decided to sell. So I dropped out and didn't finish that last term of my university and I bought the company. And did you finish that degree or is that still one semester away? I think I tried to go back to school twice. And I think each time I lasted about a month because by that time, I loved being out in the field. I loved running around. I loved meeting with people. I tried to go back to school and sitting in a classroom for an hour and a half, I'd fall, I fell asleep. And a lot of people have said, you know, why don't you just finish off your degree so you can put those letters behind your name? What's the point? There, there's absolutely no point. I am not going to do better at what I do if I go back to school and have those three, those letters behind my name. So going back, you bought into this company and there was around 2004, I think, right? You started Painters Enterprise? Yeah. So you've got two businesses now. You're running two businesses. What does that day-to-day look like? Did it change overnight? Yeah. For the first couple of years, I had probably about four or five painters that worked with me. I wouldn't say it was until about uh, maybe five or six years into the business that I was actually able to stop painting and just manage the company. I wasn't some gung-ho guy that's really pushed to take it to the next level. I really just kind of sat back and enjoyed the ride and let it take me wherever it took me. And where did it take you? Eventually, you know, we, we got our sale, our yearly sales up high enough that I was able to take myself completely out of the painting scope of things and just be able to manage things. So I'd, I'd still run the production side, do all the quoting, scheduling, the accounting and finance and, and stuff like that, as well as marketing. You know, I've never ever had a marketing team that I've used. Classic small business owner wearing many, many hats. Now that you have the background on Graham's start as an entrepreneur, for the next few minutes, we're going to jump around the first 10 years to talk about various challenges he faced in decade one. 
I think you'll notice what I did. Graham speaks about these challenges in a calm way that only a longtime entrepreneur can. So if you're hitting these same workload and personnel roadblocks right now, take this as a sign. You will get through this. Challenge one, the case of the stolen client list. How did you end up in three cities? Was that through the first company you bought or, or as you expanded into Painters Enterprise? When I bought the company, it was already established in Calgary. So I, rem- I remember hiring this one guy to run Calgary for me. And it, he lasted about five or six months and then stole all my clients and left, which is a risk that you, you, you have. How do you handle that? You don't. You just... I mean, you could take it to lawyers, but is it worth it? You know, we were such a small company. You, you got to remember that back in those days, it was a, the student company. The max it had ever done was three hundred thousand dollars in sales in a year, and so Calgary was maybe doing fifty to to hundred thousand dollars of the of the work, and and it wasn't worth it. You just say, you know what? I'll just keep on going. Um, so I just let him go. Challenge two: juggling unpredictable workloads those early days, what was one of the things that was a success, but hard to deal with, whether it was challenging personally or professionally? There'll be times when it is not very busy for a week. And then, and then everything just starts piling up and piling up on top of you. And you've got to manage all these different people going different routes. And especially with construction where you're dependent, not on one client, we are dependent on the, the mutters and the tapers and the electricians and the, all the other plumbers and stuff like that. So if they delay, then we delay. And so our schedule would change hourly. And that juggling is, is really difficult. Challenge three, letting go of a longtime team member. On another aspect, I remember one of the other difficulties and things I had to learn with one of my manager, the manager in Calgary was that money doesn't fix things. So I was at, I remember one time that I had, you know, I was at this point where I wanted him to grow and I wanted to push him and and such. And I had a fear that I was going to lose him. He wasn't meeting up to the growth that I wanted, but he also showed kind of a disinterest in things. And so I offered him a, a bigger cut of the pie and it didn't work. Was this the same, the same manager who eventually took the clients and left? No, that was a different one. That, was, okay. that, that guy only lasted about six, six months. This was the guy that lasted for about seven or eight years in Calgary. And he did a really good job, but I'd come to a point where I really wanted to grow. And he had come to a point where he couldn't grow any further. And so I had to make a choice whether I wanted to make a change and try to grow the, the city or let him go or just stay the way it was. How was it when you came to the point of making that decision, letting him go, somebody who'd been with you for, for so long? I recall the day. It was probably one of the hardest decisions and things I had to do because I'm human. Guy has a wife and he has kids. And I had to come to him and say, you know what? I don't think this is working out for, for either of us. Um, and I think we need to part ways. And it was hard. It was really hard. But... Once it was done, I was relieved. Uh, I, was, I was grateful for the experience. Losing clients, struggling to keep up with demand, letting team members go when it's no longer working. These are all tough experiences many of you listening are likely familiar with. Now we're going to fast forward to around the 10 to 15 year mark of business ownership for Graham. And the successes and challenges start to look different in both type and scale. Let's talk about the, the last five years. You've wanted to keep the business moving, keep evolving. What's changed? What's different now? 
back in the day, the only way to see your competition was to look in the yellow pages. That's, that's the only way. And the only other way to see what, if they were doing anything was, oh, you drove by a site and maybe saw their sign. Now you can see literally online what the other competition are doing, how businesses are evolving and the possibilities that you have. You know, I, I realized that, you know, I have a good company here. I could take it to four times this level. I eventually hired a business coach, which really helped me move things along. I remember going to him and meeting with him and just saying, I'm miserable. Like I am not having fun. I want to enjoy this. I want to change things up. And he helped me realize where I wanted to take the company, where, where it could go as well, and helped me make some decisions about my own leadership, as well as the people that I had on board at the time and the changes that I needed to make. Like when I look back at a big change within our company, over those 17 years, that point three years ago was a big pivotal point for us. What really drove to that point? Like you talk about seeing your competitors, social pushing a little harder. I wanted to be happy. You know, I'd gotten to a point where I was maxed out at the potential that I could offer doing all the quoting, doing all the production, doing all the scheduling, as well as all the mass amount of bookkeeping and, or I guess uh, in-house marketing and stuff like that. The job isn't fun anymore. And you realize you need some help and you need to pass some of the responsibility onto others. I brought on somebody to take care of the commercial, the flooring and the residential. And so I took myself out. I took myself out of the production. I took myself out of the estimating, myself out of the scheduling. And I, I had two roles. One was coaching the managers and making sure that they were doing everything that they should be doing and helping them guide them and with my own experience. And the second was marketing. This is a pretty big turning point, I think, for a lot of businesses. You know, they come in, they, they're good at painting, they're good at HVAC, they're good at landscaping, and then all of a sudden they need to manage people or build a management team. What was it like internally kind of making that switch? How much pressure was there on you to be good at everything all of a sudden? It was crazy hard, and it still is. You know, as we start out, we're good at one thing. We're good at painting, we're good at plumbing, we're good at something. But as we grow, now we're in charge of marketing. Now we're in charge of accounting and finance. Where we have a team, we're in charge of managing them and, and being a good leader, as well as the trade itself. And it's tough. So at that time, I knew that the company needed to grow half a million dollars for me to be able to sit back and sit in this role. And we did. With that first, first year of, of the change, we grew half a million. We were, we were doing great. The, but I realized how bad my leadership skills were, how much I micromanaged everything, which is so typical of all business owners. We feel we can do it just as good or if not better than everybody else, but we, we neglect to realize that uh, helping others grow is, is a major key point in growth of the company. One of my many hats that I wear right now is marketing and I love marketing right now. I'm on this big marketing high, but it's also a huge struggle and there's so much out there to learn. Has this love for marketing kind of always been there? Or is this something that as you've you just kind of grown into over the last few years as well? You know, I think I love it because for me, we've really changed and found our footing on where we want to be as a company and having that and knowing exactly what we're doing and how we're helping our clients has really helped me realize that 
there is so much other potential to help their businesses. A lot of veteran entrepreneurs will say, oh yeah, I'm just better than everybody. I offer quality work at a cheaper price. <laughs> That's what everybody says. I, you look on, if you look at all your competition's websites or marketing materials, it's, it's, it's quality work and low price. That's not the way to set yourselves apart. And so now that we found what it is that we do, I love sharing the message that we have. And, and what is it? Like, obviously you guys do quality work at a, at a lower price as well, but uh, just kidding. But what is it that you guys do that's different? Heads up, Graham is gonna unpack the idea of building a brand in a way that's super digestible in case you're interested in leveling up your marketing in this area. To get us all on the same page, a brand is more than a logo. It's the way your company makes people feel when you talk about the result of the work you do, or when you talk to them about their options for a quote. And that feeling helps people choose one company over another. But I'll let Graham dive into his Painters Enterprise case study on branding. Our whole goal is to help create a better workplace. Our whole goal is, our whole mission is to help business owners realize that they can, that they make a huge influence on the people they attract, whether it's, it's their clients or the people in, working inside their business. You know, painting has this effect of, of not just changing the color of walls, but it has the change of effect on how people live and how they, they feel and how they work. And so we have this mission of helping our clients, our other business owners, create a better workplace so that they can attract more clients and, and inspire the staff that they have. Now, nobody wants to work in a place that's dungy and dirty and beat up. They want to feel inspired. They want to feel motivated. And they can only do that in a clean and bright and uh, walls that reflect the company as well. And that goes the same for clients. If you walk into a place for the first time and it is the grossest place you've been in, you're probably not going to come back. And as business owners, we have to realize that everything that we project out has an effect on our clients as well as the people that we work with. And that is our mission. We love working with businesses because just like us, they want to be successful and we feel that we can help them with that. Okay. Rewinding back to, you know, you've made some changes, you've got a management team in, you hit that, you know, half a million dollars in, in new revenue goal how are th things you sounds like you're living the great life things are things are flying business is great that first year we did we had a plan to grow half a million dollars and we achieved that goal the so january of 2018 was the happiest time of my business life because i had made a plan to reach a goal with a team and we all came together and we achieved that goal i was so proud i was so proud of the team so proud of myself so proud of what we'd accomplished it was it was the greatest time but it doesn't the story doesn't end there <laughs> 2018 was a great year it was 2019 that it started affecting our okay so the economy really hit hard even the beginning of 2019 so you know come february march of that time our economy in this area had just dropped really badly and so that next year was a huge struggle here was the difficulty was that for me to be able to stay in the position that i wanted to stay in having the team underneath me i had to maintain and continue to grow and the economy was fighting us so hard 
that we were maintaining what we had, we had done in previous years, but we were not growing. So, you know, my accountant said, Hey, if you're maintaining, that is great. But if, but for me, if I'm not growing, I can't survive. And it was hitting my family. It was hitting my, my business life. Um, and so financially it wasn't sustainable. And so we, I, I went into a very dark period of my life at that time because I saw it as a, as a failure on my own part. Can you share your thoughts on, on some of the hard times that you went through and, and how you got through them? It was really hard because I didn't want to give up on the dream. I enjoyed having this team of managers and people that I worked with. And at that time, I was not willing to let go of it. And I held on for dear life for a good year. But it was dark. There was, there was times when I didn't know if the company was going to, to come out of it. There were times when I didn't know if I was going to come out of it. I remember it was affecting my personal life. I remember waking up in the morning and, and, and stopping on the staircase and, and crying. I remember putting my kids to bed. And you know, all we want as fathers and as husbands is to take care of our family. And I wasn't doing that. And something that I thought that I had control over wasn't working for me. And it was a big, big letdown in my life. And where did you turn to? You know, I talked to friends, other people that own businesses, but it was one, one individual that recognized that I was going through a hard time. And he came to me and said, you know, tell me about what it is that you're going through as business owners and, and as myself and a lot of, and we know men, men don't like to talk about their feelings. They don't like to share the way things are going. But at that time, talking with him and opening up to him about how I felt that was my failure and how I had made mistakes and the things that I have done um, to cause this allowed me to recognize maybe, you know, that there was hope that I could come out of it, that he yeah. just... He just offered a, a friendly ear to listen. And I think that's what, uh, when we're going through these hard times, don't think that you, if you have friends that are going through this hard, these difficult times, don't think that you have to solve the problem for them. You just need to be there and listen for them. And where are you now, a couple of years past that? Now we're in this new phase of difficulty where we're, we're struggling with this pandemic that's put every, almost every business on hold. The interesting thing is that from that experience last year, I've learned to cut things and to be as lean as possible. And I've been able to handle the stress and worry throughout this, this time. So they say you should never be afraid of failure. And it's true. I, I mean, it's cliche, but it's, I went through this really hard time last year. And that hard time is getting me through the experiences that I'm having right now. And does success today look the same as it did a year or two years ago? Or have you redefined that for yourself? You know, I think success changes for us constantly. Right now, success to me is survival. It's not so much growth. It's not so much, hey, I want to boost up this company another million dollars. It's basically I want to survive. And we can talk about further growth and, and be ambitious about, you know, growing the company to X amount of millions in sales and such. So my hope and plan is that within, a, within two to three years, I am just on the outskirts of this company and really just managing a good team that takes care of everything. 
And on the side, I have a, another kind of side project business of, of helping businesses become better at marketing. I just want to help other businesses grow in any way possible. That's it. Two more questions. We like to finish with what advice would you give to 20 something year old Graham on the first day of owning your business? Watch the finance, you know, so many things could have been solved because as we grow our business, so do our families grow and the expenses in our own families grow and, and you need more money. And had I been smarter in the early years, I think my life would have been a little bit different these days. So finance, watch your finance. And what advice do you need to give yourself today? Look at what you've accomplished. I think sometimes we get down on ourselves over minute things. Sometimes we do have to take a step back and we have to make some adjustments in our own business. You have to go back to past roles or responsibilities. And it's not a failure. It's just an adjustment in in how you're going to do things. Thank you, Graham. Thank you for sharing your story with us. It's always a pleasure talking to you and and for being so open and transparent i think it's rare that we get to talk to somebody with so much experience in the in the trades industry and and the ups and downs that you've been through that was graham odenhart serial entrepreneur brand builder and almost accountant if you'd like to hear from more entrepreneurs like graham please subscribe to built by you wherever you listen to podcasts or visit getjobber.com slash podcast Thanks for listening. I'm Nick Keiko, and this is Built by You.